Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to Rink Wrap, episode number nine. This is Mick Collagio coming to you from the Standard Times in New Bedford, Mass., where I write about the Bruins and other hockey-related matters and all kinds of other sports and sometimes even beyond sports matters. Uh, we were, wear a lot of hats here at uh, South Coast Media Group. You can find us online at southcoasttoday.com. You can read my Bruins blog at blogs.southcoasttoday.com slash Bruins. And you can find Rink Wrap the podcast uh, on uh, linked at southcoasttoday.com, also on iTunes, also on Google Play, and at omni.fm. That's O-M-N-Y. I met up with Scotty Allen, a New Bedford native. He's a tough kid, grew up boxing in this town, and he played hockey at a minor league level. He wound up going into coaching right from his the end of his career in the ECHL, and he has been at so many places that uh, I think it was probably close to 10 years ago that we, we ran the Johnny Cash Upburn Everywhere Man uh, headline with a map of the United States and all the dots where Scotty Allen had coached in the logos of those teams. We could add about six more now. Uh, he is now with the Arizona Coyotes of the NHL. He was uh, assistant to Tom Rowe during Rowe's uh, tenure with the Florida Panthers last season. Uh, he uh, went from the minor league affiliate, uh, which was at the time in Portland, Maine, uh, to join the Panthers during the season when Gerard Gallant was relieved of his duties, finished out the year there. And one of the untold stories about Scotty Allen's time with the Florida Panthers was that when uh, the new regime took over, which has, of course, been since replaced during the offseason uh, by Bob Bugner and a whole new staff, uh, Scotty was in charge of the Panthers' penalty kill, and he brought it up to second in the league from doormat status. And not only second in the league during the time he had it, they finished very high in the league, I think second in the league at the end of the season in penalty kill. Some of those principles Allen has brought over from uh, Florida to uh, uh, Glendale, Arizona, uh, which is just outside Phoenix. Glendale's sort of the Foxborough, uh, if you will, to Phoenix as Foxborough is to Boston. And uh, so now that's that's home now for Scotty, and and he's still uh, coaching in the NHL. He's still on the ice. Uh, the Coyotes practiced on Wednesday at Aganis Arena late in the afternoon after they landed uh, uh, from their last game, which um, I'm trying to remember who they played, but they they lost a tough one. I want to say Columbus, but I think I'm wrong. Any case, had a nice chat with Scotty, and here it is. And Mick Collagio here, and we the podcast talking with Scott Allen. Um, 
long time uh, hockey coach, been to a million places, and uh, his uh, new place, his new home, is in the desert. Uh, Scotty, tell me how that happened. We know what happened with Florida, the upheaval uh, in the midseason. You were brought into that situation, radical improvement of the Panthers' penalty kill, and they still wanted to do everything over at the end of the year. So you were in a situation uh, that was a little odd, uh, but you wound up hooking up with the Arizona Coyotes. Tell us how that happened. Well, it was a situation where I had signed a three-year contract with Florida. Uh, I still had two years left on that contract. Um, so I really wasn't pounding the pavement in the offseason, um, going crazy, trying to find a job. I was, you know, just casually looking around. And uh, when things opened up in Arizona, um, I just uh, I thought it I thought it might be a good fit because uh, I liked the youth of the organization and uh, with the plan they had in place with the you know youngest GM in the league and, and what he was looking to do. And then uh, fortunately, when Rick Tockett got the job, um, you know I, I was put on a shot list apparently with him right away because him and I had no uh, previous relationship. We didn't know each other. Um, and, uh, you know, we spoke a few times on the phone. Um, the GM called me once, and uh, I was fortunate enough that, uh, you know, they, they hired me for the position, and, and um, hopefully <laughs> we're hoping to be here for a little while because obviously we have some work to do. We're a young team, but we have a solid foundation, and we think, you know, in the not-too-distant future um, we can be a, a pretty good team in this league. Um, Scott Allen, now let's see. This is uh, New York Islanders, um, Florida Panthers. Am I skipping over somebody there? Uh, as far as NHL, this is my third team in the okay. NHL. So now, uh, you know, I worked with Calgary third, Flames. Right, you were. And, and you Blues. could have been in the NHL with them if you right. wanted to do video, but you wanted to be on the ice. What's your role going to be with the Coyotes? Um, it's pretty much the same as it was with Florida, where I, I run the D and uh, I, I run the penalty kill. And uh, the D is taking on a bit of a different look this year with the uh, trade with Chicago. So, uh, Jamison, a veteran of three Stanley Cup teams, perennial contenders there, and uh, he really anchored the second pairing for them and was really a member of their top three. Uh, how do you work with a guy who's so accomplished when? A lot of times in your career, you've been with guys in developmental stages of their, of the, even, the, even the elites like Ekblad, still a very young player. Chalmerson's 30. Uh, he's got some miles, but he's a great player. Uh, how, do you, how do you work with guys who, who are so accomplished? How do you transition into that? You know, I think it's easy if you go into a kid. If you have uh, a solid background, you know a little bit about them. And, and you just try to enhance their game. Um, a guy like Jarmus, I coached against him in the minor leagues. I coached against him in the American Hockey League. Um, and and he's, he's the same player now as he was then. Obviously, he's just upped it, right? He's upped it. He's got three Stanley Cup wins to his credit. Um, and he's a great person, first and foremost, and he wants to be the best that he can be. And anybody that wants to be the best they can be if they feel you have something that you can help them with and offer them and they'll respect that and they'll want to work with you and that's the relationship that I've developed with him. The unfortunate thing is uh, he, he's been uh, a warrior throughout his career and 
and uh, this is really the first time he's already missed the most games in his career already this year that he has <coughs> previously. Leading, leading up he just got back in the lineup, right? He's back out. He's not, back out he's again. Not, he's not with okay. us on the trip. Okay. We, we've yet to play a single game this year with a healthy decoy. Not uh, one. Wow. Yeah. Well, this is uh, welcome to the Bruins world. That's yeah. <laughs> a 17-18 season. Um, Ekman Larson is having a really nice season. Uh, what what changes for him when it's really going well and he's doing so much? Well, the big thing for a lot of these guys, <clears throat> including him, is uh, you know coming in here. Uh, Rick Tockett instilled a, a new system, a different system, a different way to play. Uh, than these guys were used to. And it didn't matter if they were guys that were playing here in Arizona or a guy like Nick Jalmerson or Derek Stepan that came from the Rangers. It was a different system for all these guys. So uh, it took some time to adjust to that. Um, <clears throat> you know, OEL hadn't had a great last probably year and a half and he was chomping at the bit uh, to get his game back on track. Uh, so we got off to a little bit of a, a, a slow start. But in my opinion, last month, <clears throat> uh, for sure, he's been one of the top defensemen in the National Hockey League. Um, you know, he's got offensive elements to his game that certainly a lot of guys don't have. Um, but it's the same thing with him. Uh, he's been very respectful. Um, he's still a guy who wants to learn, who wants to get better, uh, who wants a, a chance to win a Stanley Cup before it's all said and done. Uh, you've been with so many organizations now and have seen just about every which way to strategize the game of hockey, whether it's the philosophy of how you approach it or it's the X's and O's of how you forecheck or how you defend. Um, is anything happening here radically different from uh, recent trends in the NHL? You know, uh, probably not radically different. Um, the reality of this is the, the National Hockey League is, is kind of a copycat league where, you know, teams will, will uh, if somebody has success doing something a certain way, teams will follow suit. Your, your colleague John McLean, when they were in the one two two and lateral trapped it aggressively, yeah. everybody in the league wanted to run that. For the next 10 years. For the next 10 For years. For the next 10 years, everybody wanted to play. To and some teams weren't very good at it. Exactly. They were more like a school of fish chasing a piece of food. Exactly. Um, so it's unique in that sense, but I, I think the trends don't last as long as they used to. You know, um, you know, it, it, you're talking about minor changes, um, but even minor changes for, for, for guys who are used to doing things a certain way become major things. I mean, we're all creatures of habit, right? right. So if you have whether it's good habits, bad habits, or indifferent, yeah. it doesn't matter. If you're asked to do something differently uh, it takes time because what happens is especially when the heat is on you have a tendency to revert to the old way you know um, so it, it does take some time and then especially when you don't necessarily have the success that you want coming out um, you know it, it can raise the red flags and the question marks but we've done a ton of video work with this group both collectively as a team and individually with guys and They've seen the benefits. It's been important for us to show us, to show these guys where they were, but more importantly, where they are now, and probably where they're heading, and uh, and that's made a difference. So it's a credit to the group. Um, you know, players have certainly bought in to to what we're trying to do here, and like I said, it's certainly going to take some time. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. 
Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are the D's playing more of a man or a zone now? Are we playing more? The D's, yeah. Uh, you know what? It's 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 a zone type of situation. Um, but the forwards it's, it's the, do a little more of the eliminating on the perimeters. Yeah, it's a little. And the D's make sure what? they can't get everything. Some. Like there are certain things mixed in okay. how you play certain situation. Okay. That's what it comes down to. It comes down to more uh, how you play situations. Um, and, and different teams will play situations differently, whether they, you know, team starts going with a high roll in the offensive zone and getting that third guy out high and how they defend off it, or even something as simple as off of D-zone face-offs because everybody now runs plays in the offensive zone on face-offs. Mm. So some teams like to defend it man-on-man. Some teams like to defend it in a zone. Um, <clears throat> so you'll see things like you'll see defensemen go all the way out to the blue line if it's a man-on-man type of situation. And then how do you transition out of that into the next phase of the game if they keep the puck in the zone. So those are the type of things that we're we're talking about and, and, and working on. It's funny how technical the game of hockey can get even when you get, you watch a, if you went to YouTube to say, I want to watch a Rick talk at highlight, he's either going to be crashing the net with Pittsburgh and scoring a goal, or he's going to be fighting Cam Neely a few years earlier in a Flyers uniform. Right. And and um, and, and you grew up in an era of rough and tumble hockey. Uh, what's the challenge of keeping the... Um, Hockey still at the end of the day, pucks have to be won. Yeah. And board need, work needs to be done. Dirty areas exist in front of the net. And, and as the game gets more sophisticated and as guys get the money sooner in their lives, uh, how has the challenge changed for you to, to, to reach people uh, to make them understand uh, how to succeed as pros? Well, trust me when I tell you, uh, the foundation of not only this game, but my life is old school. Um, I still like the hard nose dig in, uh, wear your heart on your sleeve on a daily basis, regardless of what you're doing. That's who I am. That's who I've always been. That's what I'll always be. But I'm also, uh, I I try to consider myself a a lifelong learner where I'm not going to be stuck in the stone ages, so to speak, because if you you don't transition with, uh, with how things are moving you're going to get left behind and and i wouldn't still be coaching uh i certainly wouldn't be coaching the national hockey league if i didn't keep up with the times and um i actually pride myself on on uh, a guy who tries to bring it to another level who's who's implementing changes in the game as i see fit and you know i remember you telling me about working with tom rowan and lowell and and how uh, you guys who are trying to implement things that have become so massively popular now when it comes to uh, statistical information and things right. that we can garnered from video. Uh, and so your spirit uh, and your approach to this game has always been, yeah, that's, that's uh, who I am. This kid who used to box in New Bedford. But I'm also uh, know that if you don't keep getting better, you're not you're getting worse. Absolutely. And, and you know what? There, there are there will always be naysayers out there. I mean, uh, there's things that we do on our penalty kill that others, you know, for, for years have said that that can't work. Um, now some of those people are, are copying what we try to do. I mean, there's still people that say, what are you crazy trying to, you know, do things that way. But um, I think if you're not uh, keeping up with the times and, and trying to advance and, and uh, staying on top of things, and you got to understand too that 
we're dealing with different athletes. These kids have been brought up uh, in a different era. You know, when, when I was younger, we did things because coach told us to do things. It was that plain and simple. It's not that plain and simple anymore. You know, um, they want to know the hows, the whys, the where's, the what's. You know, they'll ask questions. They're not, they're not afraid to. And, and uh, I think, uh, and I've seen it. Unfortunately, it hasn't happened with me personally, but uh, they'll, they'll question the coach straight out. Like they, if they don't buy into it, they, they think the coach is crazy. They'll say, hey, I think you're crazy. That can't work. <laughs> so it's a unique situation. Uh-huh. And like I said, um, you either evolve with it or you will be left behind. I know you got to get ready for practice here. The Coyotes are at Aganis today, skating at 5 o'clock in preparation for the Bruins. Uh, and um, uh, you alluded very beginning to Florida owing you two more years. Did you have to do a – do you have to do – the coach do a settlement on a thing like that so that you can work somewhere else? Or do you get to collect two paychecks? How does that, all, how does that work? Uh, I wish I got to collect two paychecks, but that's not the case. You can't double dip. So what happens is the general managers get together. <clears throat> they come to an agreement uh, in regards to how it's going to work because they could actually block me from working if they wanted to right? because I was under contract with them. Um, but Nice that that didn't happen. Yeah, it's good that that didn't happen. And, and uh, you know, uh, some people said, oh, you should just – to take a couple of years. That would not be you. That's not me. I couldn't do it. And uh, and I'm always fearful of if you're out, you're out. And, right. You know, you never know. Especially if, you if you're chance. older. Yeah. I and mean, I'm getting, I'm getting older, Mick. You got your hair. I don't. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm believing me. I don't. Uh, but but uh, you're, there's a five now at the beginning, right? Of your, there is a five. There's a five there. There is a five okay. at the beginning. So, so uh, it's one of those situations now where the question then becomes, uh, how many more years are you going to do this? Um, you know what? I, I don't know. Uh, you know what? I, I don't even. I don't even look at it as year to year. I look at it as day by day. You know, okay. every day that, that I get up and I'm able to do this, it's 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 un- unbelievable. It's been a great run. I've been fortunate. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a time where people are going to say. It's time to move by him or whatever, and then it'll, it'll be time to do something else. So, so but until then, I'm just going to continue to enjoy it. So if you love your job, you'll never have to work a day in your life? And I haven't. <laughs> I've been fortunate. Scotty Allen, uh, Arizona. I almost said Phoenix. Arizona Coyotes assistant coach getting ready to practice here at Aganis U. Thanks so much for joining us on Rink Wrap, the podcast. Thank you, Mick. Always a pleasure. Thanks. Scott Allen uh, has been through a lot in his career, and he, the zest and energy he maintains for it, he really does come off uh, as a guy who uh, really paid his dues in getting these chances to coach in the NHL, uh, which was never his priority. His priority was always, I want to, uh, and I should say is, because he's still doing it uh, at age, I want to say 50. Uh, Coaching in the NHL was never uh, a me the end game for him. For him, it was always being able to uh, enjoy his job, impart some knowledge and wisdom, and see players get better. And now that the NHL has become such a developmental league, so many young players, and it's obviously a trend, it'll change again, but right now the NHL is going through uh, a player flux, a roster flux that we have not seen the likes of since the beginning 
of the salary cap era that followed the year that there was no NHL and a lot of older players wound up uh, retiring or having, uh, you know, very short aborted uh, attempts to continue to play in the league as the rules changed, the stick revolution, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, much harsher standards of enforcement were concerned obstruction penalties. And, and Scotty Allen's career has taken off during that time. Why? Uh, he's he grew up an old school kind of guy, played tough, uh, believes in character, but he never stopped learning and he never stopped wanting to learn. He never competed against uh, modern ways of looking at the game. In fact, when he coached with Tom Rowe at Lowell in the AHL back in the um, – 0405 season which for them was the first year of the shootout in the AHL uh they had uh an implementation of statistics that they would have their their uh, athletic trainer uh run out for them uh, uh Scotty they, they and Tom they had a lot of fun there and what has emerged as as uh, a whole new uh, parameters and uh, whole new prisms to look at the game of hockey and how the game is coached now has certainly evolved during these years. Uh, and and uh, some of these stats, you know, will become obsolete and, and eclipsed by other ones, and it's a dynamic process that will never end. But, but Scott has not only survived, but he's thrived uh, because he has a rare ability to blend uh, what he does well and what he brings in terms of uh, teaching players how to be pros, how to compete, and 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 he's a great example to them too. Uh, it that's that's why he's succeeded. So it's great that he's doing it and that he's still doing it, and that who knows how long he'll do it because he really seems to still have a great amount of energy. And the Arizona Coyotes sure love and having him around right now. So that's it for Rink Wrap, the podcast episode nine. Just a reminder, you can uh, hear it on Omni, O-M-N-Y dot F-M. You can get it on Google Play, iTunes, and uh, you can also connect to it. It'll be linked on uh, when there's hockey stories in the Standard Times at southcoasttoday.com. Uh, and I'll obviously mention it, too, on my blog. Uh, on any uh, night the Bruins are playing at home and I'm covering the game, I will be blogging in-game at blogs.southcoasttoday.com slash Bruins. So there it is for this week. I'm Mick Collagio. If there's a stick and a puck nearby, grab it, shoot it, pass it, have fun with it. Happy hockey, everyone. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.